Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we're talking about having hope in the midst of social, political, and economic chaos. We're on a series where we're talking about knowing that there's more to life than just this life can give you hope in the midst of life's challenges. And we've been talking about the fact that the years leading up to Jesus Christ's return to this earth are going to be increasingly chaotic. We're going to see increasing unrest, injustice, lawlessness, immorality. We're going to be increasingly affected by decisions in government, decisions by people in power that we do not agree with, but yet those decisions affect our lives in bigger and bigger ways. And we have to know how to deal with those things in hope. We can't pray it away. Um, we just have to learn how to go through it, how to get through it to the other side. And this week we're focusing on the fact that the Bible is is filled with examples of real people who lived through political, social, and economic upheaval brought on by government decisions and the decisions of people in power in their day. And we find that God got them through until he got them out. Now, we left off yesterday looking at two prophets of Israel, Habakkuk and Jeremiah. They were raised up by God to prophesy to the southern half of the nation of Israel the southern half of the nation of Israel, Israel divided. They had a civil war after Solomon died, and they divided into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was known as Israel. The southern kingdom became known as Judah. And both the north and the south went deep into idol worship. God sent many prophets to call them back to himself. They didn't respond. They might temporarily come back, but then they'd fall right back into idol worship. And God had warned them when they first entered the land, if you abandon me to serve false gods, you'll have no protection from me when your enemies come against you. And that's exactly what happened. The northern kingdom was overrun by the Assyrian Empire, and most of the people removed forcibly from the land and scattered out throughout the Assyrian Empire. The southern kingdom, Judah, held out for 150 years longer, but they eventually were overrun by the Babylonian Empire and all but the poorest people were deported back to Babylon where they lived out their lives and died. And Habakkuk and Jeremiah were raised up to preach to the people in the southern kingdom right at the end of Judah's national existence. Their message was not received and Babylon overran Judah, which meant Habakkuk and Jeremiah suffered all the political and social upheaval and unrest that came with being conquered by these warlike people, even though Habakkuk and Jeremiah did everything right. But we read what they wrote, and we see how they looked at their circumstances. Yesterday we said in Jeremiah chapter 32, God told Jeremiah to buy land in Judah because he said people will one day live here again. My people will one day live here again. Well, that was a ridiculous thing to do according to everything that Jeremiah knew in the natural. But his answer was, God, you are faithful, 
and nothing's impossible for you, so I'm going to do it. And I, I left off with Jeremiah 29:11. We all know this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. If you read the context there, the verse just before that, God told him, you're going to be captives in Babylon for 70 years, then you'll come back to the land. And if you do the math, anybody over 20 who was carried away from Judah as a captive to Babylon probably wasn't going back to the land of their birth in their lifetime. I mean, if they lived 70 years, they'd be way too old by that time for the return trip. So we left off with the question, where's the hope? It's in the fact that there's more to life than just this life. you got to keep all this stuff in perspective. All those people who were carted off as captives from their homeland, including Jeremiah, they all expected to be raised from the dead to live on earth again. They didn't have the details we have, but they had the hope. Now, this is not to minimize any of the challenges Jeremiah faced. He actually wrote the book of Lamentations. It's just four short, or it's just little, little short. It's actually a poem. We could do the whole lesson on it, but I know you know a verse from Jeremiah. Let me, I'm sorry, I should have had my Bible open to this. Jeremiah uh, wrote this poem. It's it's just five little chapters. It, it's a lamentation or an expression of grief. He saw Jerusalem and the Temple of Solomon burned to the ground. And he wrote in Jeremiah chapter 3, let me start in verse 19, remembering mine affliction and mine misery, the, wo- the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This is horrible, in other words, he's saying. This I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. In the face of this catastrophic event, Jerusalem and the temple destroyed, and Babylon taking people away, I'm going to recall this to mind, and it'll give me hope. Now let me read what he called to his memory. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. He said, you know, this is horrible, but it's not bigger than God. I'm going to hope in you. It's your mercy that we've survived it all. And I'm going to trust in you. Now, Jeremiah was given a choice. He, his, he had preached to Judah to surrender to Babylon. And word, that's a whole can of worms for another day. But word of his message had gotten back to the king of Babylon. And Jeremiah was giving, given the choice of going back to Babylon to be honored for urging submission to them. Or the king said he could stay in Judah. Well, he chose to stay in Judah, but he was soon taken captive by rebels who were still trying to fight Babylon. And they took him to Egypt, looking for help from the Egyptian government against Babylon. Well, Egypt eventually got overrun by Babylon, and Jeremiah died out of his homeland in Egypt about five years later. He never went back to his land. But he knew he's coming back to the land with Jesus when Jesus returns. Now note Habakkuk, he's the other prophet we're making reference to. This is his response to the coming calamity that was going to alter life as he knew it for the rest of his life. This is Habakkuk chapter 3. 
Let me start in verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk upon mine high places. Now, you've probably heard that passage, but maybe you didn't know the context. He said, it's no fig, no flourishing fig trees. He's actually describing the pitiful state of Judah following its destruction at the hand of Babylon. He wasn't being poetic. This is what he looked around and saw. There's no flourishing fig trees, no fruit on the vine. The olive crop has failed. The flocks are going to die in the field. The cattle barns are going to be empty. Yet this prophet made a choice to rejoice or to acknowledge and praise God. Now, this is not an emotional response to his circumstances. What he saw was grievous. It was a response based on the hope of what's ahead. He expressed hope or expectation that he had a future if not in this life in the life to come and that brought him to a place of peace now the bible doesn't tell us what happened to this man in subsequent years neither does tradition we don't know if he died in the battles we don't know where he ended up if he got taken back to babylon but we know where he is now he's in heaven waiting a return to this earth when Jesus comes again to be reunited with his original body to live in his homeland again. Now, friends, in all that I'm saying, I am not saying this present life is unimportant. It is, absolutely, because it's the life we have now. But it's not the most important part of our existence. The greater and better part of our life is ahead, first in heaven and then on the new earth. This hope lightens the load of life. Let me read you something Paul wrote. In the context of his many potentially deadly trials, Paul called the difficulties he faced momentary and light in comparison to what awaits us in the life to come. This is 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our light affliction, that means it doesn't weigh me down, which is but for a moment. That means in comparison to eternity, even a lifetime of suffering is minuscule. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Friend, everything you're looking at is temporary. I don't care if you lost your leg in an accident. I I don't mean, I'm not saying I don't care like I don't care. That's horrific, but it's a temporary condition. It's a temporary condition. God may work a miracle and your leg will grow back in this life, but even if he doesn't, you're getting it back. First in heaven, and then when your body's raised from the dead, it won't be missing a leg. You'll have both legs. You will run again. You will ride a bike again. You will play baseball again. See, that's our hope in the midst of this difficulty. Paul talked about... Now, now, Paul was familiar with the examples I gave you of Habakkuk and Jeremiah. He's the one who wrote that the Old Testament was recorded to give us hope. 
when you know this life is not your only shot at life on earth, it changes your perspective. It helps you see that what happens in this life isn't as big a deal as it seems in the moment. Not to minimize any of it, but to help keep it in perspective. Remember, Paul is the one who said we're more than conquerors in the face of tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, and sword. His testimony was God delivers me out of all this. Even the final one, when he was about to be executed for being a Christian, Second Timothy chapter 4, he said, The Lord will deliver me and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. Paul wrote in Romans twelve twelve that we should rejoice in hope. Rejoice comes from a word that means to be full of cheer. Cheer is a state of mind, not a feeling. When you cheer someone, you encourage them with the reasons they can have hope or an expectation of coming good. You can make it. You got, you can make it, you can make it. Second Corinthians 6.10, Paul talked about being sorrowful yet rejoicing. He didn't like a lot of what he had to deal with, but he looked at it in hope. More tomorrow. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.